Hey hotties, we're always telling you what to do. Now it's your turn to tell us what to do. Head to hotyoungdesignersclub.com to take our seven minute 2021 listener survey. As a bonus, we'll be giving away an HYDC t-shirt to three random entries. The survey closes March 31st. So give us all your feedback and help us design the best community ever. Today, we welcome interior designer Anea White to the show. Inea got her start working for large luxury firms before establishing her own company in New York City three years ago. She shares how she knew it was time to hire her first employee. And you'll love her life-size design work for clients and the tiny dollhouse rooms that landed her on TV. Let's go! Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? I don't know. Well, we're not having a phone it in Friday over here. Or are we? I mean, is Zoom phoning it in? Kinda. Yeah. Okay. I think this is like our official phone it in Friday where I don't know. Trying it we a do... little different. Yeah, we do our HYDC co-working sessions on Fridays now. You guys were experimenting with how to fit it in with our regular business work and then our families and schedules changing all around us. So it's kind of good to find a groove. Yeah. And we're trying to level up over here. Y'all we're making money moves. (laughs) (laughs) Trying. Let's get the fizz and sizz going. Okay. You start. Okay. Fizzle. It's been just a kind of tired week. Like In our little groups, I think we've been talking a lot about just this idea of just being tired, like the the like long game tired of pandemic life. I don't know. I think we've talked about it a lot and I won't get so overly into it, but I saw this little meme the other day that talked about pandemic fine, like this idea of being pandemic fine. Like it's not really fine, but like you still have a roof over our We still have a roof over our heads, our family's safe, we still have a job, but it's still not great, you know? So like, I don't know, everything's kind of flat. Yeah, it's that, I can't complain remark, but multiplied so many times that Mm -hmm. it's almost lost its meaning. And I I think what we were talking about the other day, you and I and Claire was... The problem, I think, is that we're not refilling our buckets. And, like, my bucket isn't completely empty. There's not really a hole in it. But it's, like, there's just, like, a film of, like, water or whatever is in the bucket. Not not getting full. Like, I'm not doing weekends with friends or family getaways or the things. Or even just, like, the weekly coffee or lunch dates that I always had. It's just not – you're not getting that juice, you know? So yeah, and then not it's to mention to fill it up. You can't really, and it's then you're just getting kicked by a lot of live stuff. So I don't know. That's a downer, but we're we're quarantine fine. We're quarantine fine. Just, 
Yeah. But on the sizzle side of things, let's see. I'm just going to say it. I've been working on the hotyoungdesignersclub.com website, and I'm really excited that it looks decently presentable. It looks, it's definitely having its upgrade life. It's like when you have, like, it left its weird puberty phase. Really awkward one, yeah. Yeah, and then now you're like, now it's like that moment and she's all that where she takes off her glasses and she has a <laughs> dress on and everyone's like, oh, she's like hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not like the prom hot. It's just like that good day at school hair. Yeah, I'm doing it myself. So it's, it is what it is. But it's now good. we can start adding things to it. There's a lot easier way of seeing show notes. So you can find all our episodes click right into show notes. Yeah, there's a lot more functionality in it now than there was before. And honestly, you guys know that I'm not about that website life. So this is truly like all Rebecca making it happen. It's not that I couldn't figure it out. It's just like, it would definitely, it would take me probably several times longer than it took you to figure it out. And you at least have more knowledge to work with it. So I probably would have just had it be one of those like 404 air messages by the time I was done with it. Like, Oh, it was that for a while. <laughs> My so own much website. better. Yes. So I'm happy and we've got some big plans and the website's just going to be a little home base. I'm here for it. Thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for trusting um, me. Well, I don't. I mean, yes, but also like, I don't have a choice because like, I know I can't do it. So we would, if it was up to me, we would just have Instagram only. So yeah, I didn't really give you a choice. I, I would be <laughs> like, can't. I don't know what to do. Help. And I, that's why I have a web team for my own stuff. Cause I'm just like, guys, something's wrong with this. And then they're like on it. And then it's done. Like, I don't even yeah, have normally, to think about it. Like eventually we'll be able to outsource this stuff, but not yet. Yeah. But now it's in a much more workable place to outsource it. Like you're not handing over as much of a problem child as you would be like giving it to a babysitter where you're like, okay, bye. And then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Definitely. Not to bring it back down, but my fizzle is I watched the Framing Britney Spears documentary that's available on Hulu. It's from... Oh, I'm going to mess. I want to say it's a New York. It's like New it's York New Times York presents. Times. Yeah. So New York Times presents. And then it's one of the episodes is framing Britney Spears. And I think what makes me really sad about it is remembering where she was postpartum. And it, it puts a really big magnifying glass over how we treat mental health and I mean, I feel like, oh, we're making improvements. We're, we're getting a little further with that. But then you look back at this and you're just like, she, she was not given any leeway. She was not given any benefit of the doubt. And it just became this huge public shitstorm. And I'm a, a very longtime fan of Britney Spears. And as a young gay man, her music gave me a sense of joy and happiness and something that I can't recreate from being a young pre-adolescent. So I remember watching all of that and being so sad for her. So to go back through it again was fizzle worthy. Yeah, I watched it and I shared with you, there's a Instagram 
named Jessica. Her her handles House and Habit, and she goes and does these really deep dives on like pop culture and her stories. And so she kind of augmented that with her own research. And yeah, she definitely made like the end of her stories last night. She was saying like she's rethinking all of these experiences because it's mostly women that it's happened to like the Lindsay Lohans and Whitney Houston and all these stars, I guess, but people that we've really, like the press has been really, really rough on and not giving them a choice. And like the Diane Sawyer interview in that Britney thing was so rough and she was a teenager. Right. And she was attacking her. It was really rude. Like, and we just accepted it at the time, which is like, I don't know. We're all kind of complicit in some of it because it was normal. Yeah, we thought like, oh, this is just paparazzi life. And, you know, like that, the whole like crazy for shaving her head, but like looking at what she was going through and the relentless attacks and she couldn't do anything. Like, yeah, nothing she could do would ever be right. Nothing. I mean, and truly it's like falling victim to stardom. It brings up so many, it brings up so many issues but so much of it is just on a personal level of she didn't she doesn't really have a lot of people around her advocating for her own individual best interests. It's really focused on the 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 celebrity Britney Spears and not there's a human being behind this who really needed people to advocate for her well-being, her health, her wellness. I mean, it's just a constant push. And it does spend some time talking about the conservatorship, which is, of course, the whole, like, impetus of the Free Britney movement that's happening. Mm -hmm. We're not a Britney Spears documentary, but (laughs) this won't be our podcast, I swear. But It's really sad. So it's, it's powerful to watch. And it's, yeah, it's just bringing up a lot of hypocrisy. And I think it's good to have the conversation so we're aware of that, like the double standards that when, were created. When you're looking at gossip magazines and just thinking about, like even like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, like they just officially announced they're stepping down from their royal duties officially today. Right. The queen, the queen's released them, and all the heat and flack that they've gotten, and just like they broke free, like they actually did it. Yeah. And, and before more public meltdowns, like I'm sure there was stuff in private, but sure, and that they did it with as much grace as they could, but they're still getting criticism. And I mean, like it's that idea you, you can never do right by the public's opinion. And they're just like trapped, you know, like they have, I don't know, it's it would suck. Yeah, don't I don't sign me, up, me up for that life. No. <laughs> On a lighter note, you guys, I've been I've been working a lot. Like I have about a half a dozen projects that are in concept and pre-construction phases. So I'm living that life on repeat. So it's it's pretty it's all very repetitive for sure. But something that's been giving me some happiness while I'm doing it is I I a while ago I created like the seed of a Pandora radio station based on RuPaul. So it's called RuPaul Radio on my Pandora. Okay. <laughs> and and it yes, it has RuPaul music in it, which you would expect because she has like, I don't know, freaking a dozen albums now. Like she and does? Like some, oh she has so she makes an album I feel like every other season 
I mean, you can look at, but yeah, it's like actually a joke on the show that she goes, and my new single is available on iTunes or you can download my new album available now on iTunes. And now people joke about like available now on iTunes is her tagline because she has a ton of music and I'm not going to lie. Some of it's better than the crap that's being put out there by the pop stars. That's like, that are like on the radio. Like (laughs) they're little bops. They're like, they're good. So yes, it has some of her music, but it also has disco 80s dance hits, you know, then you have like your divas like Madonna, Cher, Britney, it has Robin. So yeah, like you get all these kind of like happy tunes that are really nice to work to. And you're shocked at how many you already know and the lyrics. And so it's not just like drag queen radio, but it's songs that people have lip synced to on the show for the competition that you would hear, you know, in a club. So it's giving me good energy to work to. I've, I've liked it. Sounds very upbeat. If we can share it, we will and put it in the show notes. Okay. Well, good luck, everybody. But good luck and good don't ideas. fuck it up. <laughs> everybody, we've got some stuff for you to follow. We'll put stuff in show notes. And I think you're really going to like today's guest. She's the best. We have, yeah, we've been fangirling and being friendly on Instagram for a while. You know me with that um, Sirhaas slide. And she's just so approachable and even if when things are bad she's just like i don't know she's just positive and just has such a good energy about her yeah it's infectious in a good in a good way not like a corona infectious way oh yeah yeah hopefully (laughs) like i would i'll take that virus (laughs) a little job of positivity well let's do it let's do it welcome inaya we're so excited to have you here. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Woot. I've been wanting, <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to have you on for forever. Like I love watching your stories and you're just like a just a bright light on that Instagram. Mm-hmm. My heart, I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Thank you. <laughs> I think you stand out when when a lot of people think about New York and we'll ask you to share more with our listeners about where you're at, but Spoiler alert here, you work in New York City. And I feel like it has a energy of like grittiness and harshness and like, you gotta be tough. And I'm sure you have all of that when you need it, but to be able to put out this kind of effervescent and optimistic Mm -hmm. energy into your work is really inspiring to see. Thank you. And thanks for saying that. That is one of the reasons why New York as much as you might hate it on some days, there's always like, yeah, maybe I'm dealing with this client whose budget is just disrespectful. But then (laughs) knowing there's someone around the corner who literally just has, you know, endless money. And that kind of juxtaposition in a city like this keeps me going because it really is like who you know. And if someone likes you and they're just like, they could have any desire they want and someone saw your story. So it's just... I don't know, a city like this. And I think LA kind of has some of those components too. Like just the most random person or client can change your life. And yeah, I try to share that as much as I can and stay professional at the same time. So yeah, that's yeah. been fun. Yeah, it's sort of that LA is that flip-flop millionaire type of thing, <laughs> you know, crunchy granola in a Whole Foods. And you're like, oh, they're, 
they're very wealthy, but you would have no idea. And then New York is the subway stories where that woman is wearing her finest mothball mink coat and Mm -hmm. all of her costume jewelry, but none of it, like there's nothing behind it. That was like the heyday in the 60s. All the money's gone. Mrs. Haversham, like... has the rent control department that's like yeah yeah. with the bathtub in the living room type of apartment where it has had no updates for a hundred (laughs) years which I think about that sometimes too like hunting for an apartment I'm like if I were to just share all my stories that I was looking for an apartment someone would know someone and I could easily be in an apartment that's like a dollar just based on oh my my aunt's trying to get rid of this stuff like that it's like a crapshoot but it's thrilling. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> it's diamond to, in the rough searching. Yeah. We were interviewing Lauren. She was talking about how she always wanted to like cut the buildings. She like has this thought about like cutting a building into like a dollhouse. Oh and being and able to like, oh and see inside. See like. inside each apartment is like completely different design style, level of luxury. Yeah. I always think about that now. I would love to see that too. That would be cool. Everyone lives so differently. Our listeners know that you live in New York, but you haven't always been there. Can you give some background of yourself, your journey into design and on your own? And what does that look like? Sure. So I was in school for fashion or elementary education. I flipped around so many times and I had, I think it was a combination of things. I just discovered dollhouses and I just thought it was cool that I could decide what something looked like. And then simultaneously, I think I had HDTV on as like a nine design kid at the time. And I said, oh, wow, this looks really creative. They're solving problems. I can't believe people get paid for this. So then there aren't a lot of schools in Maryland that have design. So the closest one, I just went to an orientation and I thought this looks fun. Little did I know. And the first day (laughs) of the orientation, the teacher said, if you're looking to make money, this is not the career for you. And I said, that's interesting, but whatever. So I just signed up, started going. I did the school thing. I interned for a few different places while I was in school and I went to the Art Institute of Washington and you can fast track, get your bachelor's in like two, two and a half years, which was great for me because I was like older and like the oldest person in every class. So I just wanted to like get in and out. After I finished, I just always wanted to live in LA. DC was great because you get that like political, like everyone's smart, everyone's like educated air, like traditional white house aesthetic transitional Mm -hmm. so you learn a lot about like details like one chair has the fabric has the trim has let's pick the mahogany wood so like that's where I learned like okay one chair has 20 pieces and that was just my norm not necessarily my style but I think it helped shape kind of like my just classic aesthetic with some like charm and edge fast forward Mm -hmm. as soon as I finished college I always wanted to move to LA because who does winter anymore? So (laughs) I moved out there. (laughs) No, (laughs) you guys are like, oh, I need to turn the heat on. It's 70 this weekend. Yeah, literally. Better (laughs) put on warm socks and a jacket. It's 72 outside. (laughs) Yeah, can't be bothered with that. So I got out there. I worked for mostly high-end staging. 
and a sprinkle of interiors. It was really cool because I got to see into high end and I, I was in high end in DC, but LA is like, like you said, it's like a a flip flop kind of like, we're going to be cool and casual, but this house costs your whole life. So Uh, millions um, and millions just for the land. Exactly. So that became, that's kind of like my comfort zone and just really just learning how different types of people with money behave and what you need to show up as to make them feel comfortable. Because if you're, if you're nervous or you're like, oh my gosh, like they're all just people, they all have body odor, not all of them, but you know, we're just human. (laughs) So I'm just like, I think I brought that with me to New York because it's just, I think it's just a confidence game. So I left the staging after seeing, you know, some cool celebrity homes and aesthetics, went back into high-end interiors for a different firm there, developed my craft a little bit. I felt like no one warned me enough that interior design was very much like a starving artist type of career in the beginning. Yeah. And I wasn't really set up for that. Like I, I'm, you know, always working two jobs, like hustle bunny, trying to be optimistic. But I said, this is really not fun. Like my friends have this like fluffy salary and I'm always pinching pennies. I can't go out. I'm in this fun city. Like this is not for me. So I thought at the moment, so I took a hiatus. I applied to Delta to be a flight attendant as like an escape because I said, you know, all these people look to me for answers all the time. I just want to be unattached. And I, I just want to be a transplant every day. And I think that would be fun. I chose New York as my base. And that was really a really interesting experience. I traveled. I went to Barcelona twice. I went to Paris. I went to Greece. And I learned there. And, and this is also like, the, all of this is just people experiences. But a lot of people would connect with you based on where you had been. And it didn't matter like what you looked like necessarily. It didn't matter what you're wearing. They were just like, oh my gosh, like you've been to Greece. Like, let's talk about that. And it became less about like material themes and more about, okay, this person has been where I've been. Like we have something in common, which is powerful when you're like in sales in our line of work. So I decided I missed design because I'd be doing like trans cons between LA and New York. And I'd just be in the back of the plane just like sketching little design themes and I'm like I miss design like I miss you know the hustle and crazy people and just having to problem solve and put out fires and I just felt like I wasn't developing myself in the sky (laughs) so I left that I landed at Bjorn Bjornsson he's in New York and I was there for a little bit but I kind of just I didn't think it was necessarily like a style match. Like I'd already done DC, not necessarily my style. I was trying to find something like younger, cooler. Not that he's not cool, but I was just looking for something that spoke to me. I landed at Ovadia Design Group. I learned a lot there just because of how his company is structured. So essentially you're just given a project and you might have like five, six, seven at a time. And these are multi-million dollar homes from this from scratch and you see you later like this house will be done in three years you just go and you just figure it out you google you ask a coworker. you look up like if you don't know how to draw detail like you look it up online like it was 
it's scary, but it's also really cool because with that firm, most of their clients, they want something different. So it's not something like, let's duplicate this picture we saw on Pinterest. It's no, they're paying you to do something different. And I remember going into my boss at the time, his office. And he said, like, he like took his red pen. He's like, we don't do this. Like we, people pay us to think of things outside the box. And I was like, ouch, like I I didn't like know you like that yet, but it was what I (laughs) needed to hear because it's true. I use that with clients now when they give me pushback. I'm like, yeah, like I get it. This is what you like, but you are paying me to bring something new to the table. If you don't like it, when I show you, we can always revert back, but then what are you paying me for? And then they have like a light bulb moment. Like, yeah, what am I paying her this design fee for? Like, this is her job to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that in your stories once recently? Like, does this look like something someone paid a designer to do? Yes. 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 And I'm fine with like, just classic. Like I, like, I love your background, Rebecca. Like I love everything about that. And then that might be four walls of four walls of the room three walls of the room. And then maybe on the fourth wall, there's something that people walk in like, okay, I can see why you hire me. Like, okay, I can see why you spent your savings. Yeah. And it's just something a little different. And that's my comfort zone. I just try to remind clients and most of them are cool with it. Well, yeah, because if they just want to replicate something, then they just, don't need to pay. Yeah, they spend a couple yeah. nights on Pinterest and Show then they can do whatever. And call it a day. Yeah. And go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that experience at your last job sounds like it really set you up to do your own thing. Like, kind of. I'm already doing it. Train yeah. yourself to run your own firm. So, how long have you been on your own? I started March 2018. So, going on three years. You see these gray hairs? Oh my I'm like, God. No. Should I hide them? <laughs> Do you see this hat I'm wearing? I have, I have like a stripe of them that's grown in, like full, full on comic book status. Like the last couple of years have not been kind, I'm sure. But like, do, did you feel like you were prepared after having worked at, at other firms and doing that? Did you feel like you were ready to go on your own? Or was it just like, I'm just going to do it and kind of jump into the abyss and see what happens? Yeah, I think it was more, I think I was over-prepared in some areas and other areas I'm like, I could really get sued if I F this up because I don't know what I'm doing. I think the social part, I was super confident, just connecting and just feeling comfortable. I think a lot of designers have taste and they can design. I think like the selling part and the making a profit part is where it can really Mm. just pigeonhole you and do, maybe this isn't for me, but if you were making money and you were being creative, maybe you would feel, you wouldn't feel that way. That makes sense. But just like anyone else, like I, I just brought on a full time and I told, I tell her all the time, like, you don't know until you know, and that's okay. Just to remind her like rugs. Okay. Rugs are a whole science. And no one's going to sit there and memorize all the details of a rug. But over time, like you'll learn a little bit. And sometimes you don't learn until you make a mistake. And that's okay, too. But that's been a journey of three years of just making little mistakes and just remembering for next time. Girl, so many. You're speaking to (laughs) (laughs) speaking to our souls right now. You you mentioned that you just brought on a full time employee. Can you talk with us a little bit about how you knew like it was time and and what they do and how that's helping 
Yeah. I was feeling so I I think I do a good job <laughs> of just, you know, putting myself out there on social social media and nine times out of ten, that's where my new leads come from. So I was just getting really overwhelmed with trying to maintain my lead system, which is Instagram, and then delivering service to my existing clients because they deserve that. And they've just been riding with me, mistakes and all. So I said, I can't even like make more money without having another hand. And of course I had all the excuses in my head, like I can't afford this, yada, yada, yada. And there's a designer, Nicole White. She DM'd me. We DM back and forth. She DM'd me and she just said, you need to hire a woman. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. I'm not there yet. And like everyone she, keeps saying it. What do I know? Like, Right. I can't have this whole mouth that's like I'm feeding. That's I that sounds anxiety. So it just after the pandemic, I just felt like pressed into the ground. Like I would have these crying spells of just like I can't handle this. And, you know, friends, they try. They're like, oh, it's just growing pains. And I'm like, no, but I'm making dumb mistakes, like mistakes. I should catch like my brain isn't even like firing as fast as it should. Yeah. So I was just kind of at my wit's end. I went to Starbucks. I ordered a drink and they gave me my drink and they wrote the name Nicole. And I said, this is Mm. a sign like Inea doesn't sound like Nicole. My Starbucks name is white. How (laughs) did they get Nicole? And I said, I took a picture of the cup. I sent it to Nicole and I said, hey, like I've been really stressed lately. Like I've been thinking how I can maybe hire someone. And at Starbucks, they gave me your your name on the cup. Like that means it's time. Oh my God. The universe is really (laughs) trying to have an intervention for you. Yes, I believe in all of that. Like signs, I'm like on it. Okay, so you're on your own. And so Mm -hmm. what do you think? What's the hardest part of running your own deal? The hardest part is figuring out profit. I'm like, I'm a yes woman. And I have my own stories about money just from my background and upbringing. And I view money as something that is a resource. And some days you have it, some days you don't. So when I'm like showing something, it's based on my money story and I've, it's still, I'm working on it. Like I just had a a zoom with Jessica and I was just like, Hey, I have a story about money, blah, blah, blah. And she's good. Cause she's like, Oh no, it's fine. Like we're sending this and we're marking this up. And I'm like, yes. So I think working through that as a business owner and just really feeling confident about the price is the price. And I know you guys have talked about this on episodes, but there's nothing wrong with making a profit. Hey, hotties. Have you ever listened to the show and wished you could ask us questions? Well, we just opened up private coaching sessions. So now you can book one or two hour Zoom sessions with Rebecca and me. Together, we bring over 40 years of experience in our combined professional backgrounds to help you with marketing, finance, and business strategy. We're here to guide you on anything from branding to systems to the emotional guidance you need to run your business. You can book today at hotyoungdesignersclub.com slash coaching or use the book now button on our Instagram at hotyoungdesignersclub. We can't wait to meet you. And then figuring out on the back end, like what's inside of my flat fee and how much profit am I really making? And I know that takes time, but that's that's still a journey that I'm figuring out. I don't know if we ever stop. Your personal money story really... 
is the filter that you have to like clear. And I think if you have that story, I have it too, that it's, I don't know, like something you just have to constantly work through and build the muscle, I guess. Right. And like, I've talked about things in the past, like tricking, (laughs) tricking myself where like some things are automated or like a conversation is started through like documentation. I don't know, like different things so that it's not just about me saying a number that feels like, Ooh, I wouldn't pay that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've been, I had a client that I asked the other day, I know we're not talking about this area for the house, but we're already working on these other rooms. We just want to replace this light in our foyer with something that's kind of in line with what else we're doing in the other rooms. And I said, okay, well, let we've talked about budget for the other things we're replacing, but what's what's a number that makes you sick? for a light fixture in that room, because it's the first thing you see when you come in. So just what's a number that makes you sick? If you had to say a fixture costs what number? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't know? Or you don't want to say the number? Like, just tell me, like, if I showed you a light fixture and I said it cost X, you're, you're like, whoa, that crossed the line. And it was really hard because the the wife on the one hand, she was like, well, if it's beautiful and I love it, uh, whatever you want, basically. And then the husband's like, well, how expensive could a light fixture be? Right. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, we could literally, it could be the sky is the limit. I'm like, that's, this is the world we're living in. But they're a younger couple who has really established themselves in solid careers where they finally can spend. And they're moving out of that, like, we don't have any money phase of their life where everything was like Ikea or Target or wherever. And now they're like, but we want to upgrade. So show us where we should be upgrading our lives to. So it kind of put it back to me. Don't don't make them feel like they can only go at that entry to mid level if what they really want is to go higher. Don't let me be the inhibiting factor to that for them. So my boyfriend is very practical and he says, I think it's crazy that you don't ask people what their budget is. And I'm like, well, if I ask you what you want to spend on furniture, you're not basing that. Like you don't even know what furniture costs. So if you tell me your budget's 30,000, I'm still going to go be creative in my office, show you a $50,000 design. And then if you freak out and you have pushback, then, okay, I can always pull something out. But I strongly feel like people have the 20 sitting around. And that's just what I've If they have the 30, they have the 20. If they have 30, they have 20. You have a 401k, like you're paying someone (laughs) five to 6,000 to design a room. If you want it, you'll find it. And to Sean's point, like I, it's like, it flips in their brain. Like, well, I actually do want the expensive one. Even if it's just me showing them all three options, emotionally unattached to any of them, I feel like they always go for the expensive one. And I yeah. can always get out of like, oh, why did you even show me that? Very rarely do they get angry. But yeah, I think I think they have it. It's like <laughs> fake angry, right? It's like, oh, I wish you hadn't shown me because now I love it. And that's what I want. And that was in my head of what I imagined. This- and then that's when you turn your sweet charm on and you say, I know it's just honestly, you've just been trending to like really high end themes. And I feel like I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if I didn't show you the one that I knew you would love. (laughs) And then they say, I hate you. you (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow (laughs) with the check. Well, especially when you're comparing, like you don't realize how much nicer, like a high end metal finishes on high end lighting versus your target finish. You might think the target one looks good when you're just walking through the store, but then 
show put a visual comfort one next to it and you're like oh okay (laughs) exactly now i get it oh wait this is what real brass looks and feels like and acts like and ages like yeah i've been lied to by all these other things that i thought were really nice or when they send you you send like two or three options for something and they're like i don't think you're getting what i like and then they send a picture of a really high end and you're like girl that costs fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh I'm like, that's this a is- really yeah that's a really beautiful piece that's your entire budget <laughs> exactly exactly let's circle back so how much <laughs> do you really have give me the realty so we can actually work with it and if we're right. not meeting in the right place, that something's missing from that conversation. Agree. So this is like a big leap. I feel like my previous life, that first employee is, it's like the breaking in the seal, right? Like it's the hardest one to do. Like you can't kind of get your brain around it. And then subsequent ones are a little bit easier. But like, what did you do? Like, did you have like processes figured out? How did you... On board. <laughs> Do you have a list of stuff you knew they were going to do? Or you're just like, yeah. I'll find stuff to give this person. I knew my list was just, it could make its way to you guys. That's how long it was. And if I didn't, Zoe Feldman said something in an interview the other day, but she said that her reputation would suffer if she didn't hire someone. And that's how I felt like I didn't want clients like, yeah, she's really nice, but she's like so busy. Like it takes her forever to do everything. And I just kind of carry that, whether that's how they feel or not. So I just, and it's COVID. So you're trying to work with someone that's not in your house and then figure out their, how they learn. So honestly, I've just been figuring it out. Like I just, I make sure she has work, but I'm always like checking like, Hey, how are you learning? What are you learning? What do you want to know more of? What's your learning style? (laughs) Um, But I think. So do you just kind of hand her projects or parts of projects? She comes from a firm that is very, very high end. So she's naturally really good at like details and tracking and following up. And I'm not strong in those areas. So I've just been pushing off all of that because I'll, I'm more like high level, big picture, concept creative. And then she's been taking on the managing and following up with vendors and tradespeople and telling me like kind of like the paperwork part. And then in the cracks, I show her like, just so you know, this is what like double width drapery is. So always go back and check X, Y, Z and, oh, I'm doing this, but don't develop this habit. I'm just making an accommodation. So she's learning through this <laughs> and yeah, it's just kind of been teach as you go COVID style. I wish we could be in the same room. I think it'd make it easier, but I think she's also getting what I got at that one firm of, all right, just jump in. We'll take care of mistakes when they arise, but you can always text me. You can always call me. And I just try to be as approachable and thoughtful as I can. Is she in New York? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's also in Queens. She's on the other side of Queens. (laughs) Uh, Whole other side of town. Finding somebody who has that figure out gene, you know, is the key anyway. So yes, that's the hardest thing that you can't train and you can't always find it. Like you can't always Completely. interview for it. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. So that's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. How's your anxiety been since then? <sighs> oh my gosh. I feel like a sigh of relief just having someone who can catch things. And I think it makes 
you know, your price is a little, I feel a little more justified. So while I do have like, now I have a payroll, but people know like, okay, it's not just her. Like she's supporting someone else. And I don't know, that could just be my money story, but I Are you able to take on more projects? Like, do you feel like your volume's gone up? I think the types of projects have gotten better. Mm. And today we discussed like, if we get these like two or three projects that we just sent proposals out, we might have to like have someone else help out. And so we were thinking about like, well, what would they do? (laughs) (laughs) You will find something for them to do. I believe like, yeah, because if you're like the rainmaker and like the magic, you know, face that needs to be bringing in the new projects, not everybody can do that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. only you can do that in your firm. You mentioned something about dollhouses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you also <laughs> were on TV about dollhouses? Yes. Like- so originally, when I first started my business, I sent it to a random person. They weren't random anyway, just for the sake of the story. And they said, yeah, your bio's fine. I would just add something personal about you. And I was like, really? So at the end of my bio, I just wrote that I like dollhouses. So maybe a year into my business, Hadley from House Beautiful emailed me. She's like a senior editor there. And she said, hey, I read your bio. It says you like dollhouses. Do you want to like be a part of this series that we're doing? And I said, what? I was like crying. So that like got my face out there. They did this whole, I don't know if you guys checked it out, but there's like a YouTube series with like some pretty big designers and each designer designed their own dollhouse. And from there, I just, it just kind of stuck like, oh yeah, she was a designer that likes dollhouses and she designs, you know, it's like a quirky thing. Like our industry is so pretentious and it's like a dime a dozen designers with perfect grooms and super big budgets. And how do you compete with that? But I think people like the magic of just not like, I'm not like a DIYer, I'm not like that approachable, but it's, it's an approachable subject. So another designer sent me like a, a casting lead and said, hey, this is for a design show. Like you should, you know, try out for this. That series happened. It was a competition show and we didn't win, but it was, it was. That cute. was the Christmas one? Yes, that was the Christmas one. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll put the <laughs> links like to it in the show notes. Like, oh my God. Some of these people are so intense with their dollhouse stuff. <laughs> like. So intense. I'm like, I could not design this with the running a business. I just didn't have a chance at the time. But no, it was you a guys nice brought experience. like personality and your own style <laughs> to it. And some people were very it's intense. Like, yes. what would Charles Dickens do? <laughs> yes. So into it. Like, that would not be the style of hearth that he would have had. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they were like doing historic renovations of a dollhouse. That was all they did. Like, do the people that win? They were the ones that were the dollhouse people. Yes, they are like miniature enthusiasts. Like, one of them has a shop, and then the other team they did like set design. So they had like a three D laser printer, and then oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was definitely a. I mean, I kind just get your name out there, kind of opportunity. Oh, that's so fun. Well, Did you like doing TV? Yeah. Like, is that something you want to do more of? I'm figuring that out now. I think it's it's definitely different from what you see on TV. So, like, that mm. episode was filmed over the course of, like, three days, like, really long days. 
And it's not that I have an issue being on, but it's definitely like, say this, nail this, say it with personality. Like you're like on, like on witty, saying interesting things. It's not for everyone. Show. Yeah. 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 And it's HGTVs, but I can definitely see how people kind of get set up on those reality shows to like say certain things and then they have a breakdown. Yeah. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yes. Learn how to like, why are they crying? They've been there three days. (laughs) Well, well, yeah. Like you roll your eyes about something that you're doing and they cut it and put it as a response to someone doing something. Yeah. But it's so manufactured, even Mm -hmm. on drag race, which is a popular topic for me, but (laughs) they straight up set up those drag Queens to have this conversation, knowing what it would lead to. Or they're getting drunk or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're like giving them cocktails (laughs) and it's like, why don't you talk about so-and-so's past? And you're like, that's yeah. no, let's not. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Yes. Producer. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it's like this on every show, but on the episode I was on, they assign each, each one of you, your own like producer. And then mm-hmm. the whole day they have this notepad and they're like making notes. I don't know if the notes are about like your personality or your, basically like your tics. So I have this thing where like, when I get overwhelmed, I just like shut down. I'm quiet. I'm mm-hmm. not saying anything. Maybe I do this thing with my eyes. So like in her notepad, she would write. So Inia, we noticed that the other day at about two o'clock, you, you did this thing with your eyes and it's, it's kind of cool. Like the behind the scenes. Cause you don't really know all that is going on when you're watching this 30 minute show. So yeah, but that's why I was like, attention. I got super attention. Like someone's assigned to you. <laughs> So, I don't yeah. think I would like that. <laughs> I would not. I don't like the microscope thing. I don't like that. Yeah, it's it's a thing. If you came back and said, I do love it and I want to do it, it'll be a different thing if I'm involved. Like, okay, I don't begrudge anybody. Because of course, like here in Southern California, everybody's trying to get, like you get that impression of everyone knows someone who's trying to get on stage, on the radio, on TV, something. <laughs> Yeah. I just don't. Well, it's just it's like, like a different... welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Well, it's also yeah. like, what is your goal, I guess, with it? Like, I mean, Bobby Burke seems to have done fine with the <laughs> moving. It, like, he still has a real studio. And yeah, right. you just have to, I guess, figure out what that is for you. I think it's interesting how our industry. And this wasn't true, like when you were figuring out what college you wanted to go to, but like this home interior influencer channel is a totally different audience than your high-end luxury client channel. Yeah. It's all still in the mix. And there's Mm -hmm. like, I'm personally still trying to figure that out. And I like different things about all of it, but to really like push, push the pedal down, you have to choose, I think. Yeah. I agree. That's a really good point. I've been looking lately at what types of accounts I'm following. And I think each of them serve a different purpose. So mm-hmm. like those are super high end ones. I'm like, oh, I need to follow this account. Not that I have that type of client or that type of budget, but I can learn things from like, mm-hmm. oh, this is how your drapes are supposed to look. And like, this is kind of like styling. Like, oh, I noticed they all have this like one vase. Like, what is this vase? Let me look. So it's more mm-hmm. like an educational the designers that do like DIY, I don't really follow many of those. And then, yeah, I think I'm just 
I try to learn from all the accounts I follow and the the ones that are very hands-on, they just give me a lot of anxiety, but I think you're right. Like, I think my, what I told myself, if I go on TV, it's so people know your name so you can put out like a product. So yeah. That would be awesome. Like a line of furniture or accessories or something. What would be your dream line? I have something in mind and it's on my to-do list. I feel like if I say it though, someone's going to come out with it tomorrow. Okay. Well then don't, Yeah. Keep it okay. like what like category? in the patent pending status. It's so a category like, do you love about? Um, washing oneself. <laughs> like okay. Rebecca's face. Okay. Could be Anaya White's Anaya White's more. like lush line of products. Yes, it's one okay. thing. It's one okay. thing. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm intrigued. Okay. That'll be a surprise. <laughs> super super. You guys are gonna say aha. Okay. I, this is, all it is is about finding a gap in the market that people aren't filling and jumping in with an idea. And at, at this point, like I feel like there's a lot of barriers that have been removed from wh- whether it's a service or an actual tangible product that you make. Like there's there's so many fewer barriers to getting things started for small businesses now than there used to be. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it used to be that if you did want to introduce lines of product like you had to find a major player to get involved with and have them bring you on and you had to bring something to the table that they could actually you know tangibly sell but even at that like micro influencer level companies are willing to create a small line or a single product line because it just if it makes them money they're open to it now right yeah and I think what's inspirational and motivates me. It's like <clears throat> before, like the smaller you were, the like the more different you were, it was like, no. And now it's like, oh, we need one of her. Like how much can we spread her around? And so now it's like, hurry, don't take your foot off the gas before. I don't know. Is this going to pass? So it's like maximizing on, oh, I have this idea. I can like have this conversation with them. them, them, them. One of them is going to say yes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not necessarily so much about like your followers anymore. It's like, okay, this person is like really dynamic. We can, she's approachable or he's approachable and we can definitely sell this. So I've seen, I've seen some designers that and they didn't have like 30,000 followers. They had like under 10 and they got some pretty cool deals. So I think, yeah, just, just try maybe, I don't know, protect your idea as best you can, <laughs> but totally. Yeah. You also have your there. own like point of view. I think like the designers that we're seeing that are having these really great successful lines, they have such unique points of view. And and I yeah, I agree. Like I like Justine Justina Blakeney, like seeing her stuff, it's just so like she developed that jungle style. Like from the beginning, she's always been herself and it's like a through line through all of her products. And I don't know, I think it's awesome. I agree. So I'm excited to see what you're whatever do. this new personal new care product line? is. Like. Yes, I can't. I'll, you guys will be the first to know. Well, should we hop into some burning questions? It's time. Let's so, do it. So quick fire, five questions in one sentence. How has your business changed as a result of COVID-19? 
my business has become way more profit centric. Good for you. Okay, then what have you done for professional development recently that you'd recommend to our listeners? I just took the 19 hour kitchen ready webinar. And it was about eight hours and they walk you through essentially how you can make some decent money doing kitchen consultations. And then they had different experts on and I just learned a lot. I was getting a lot of kitchen leads and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to know more about like, is there one way to do this? So that was helpful. I have a lot of notes that I have to go back and just follow up on, but I would definitely suggest picking one topic that kind of gives you angst not because you don't like it, but because there's so much you don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe just take a webinar. I'm not crazy about webinars. I feel like you can learn a lot to like just go do the work. But yeah, kitchens was something I was doing. I think it was like $300. And what was that through? My Doma. We'll get the link from you and put that in the notes. What's one design element that you've been really drawn to lately? So I don't know if you guys have walked into the Waterworks showroom, but it just makes me drool. And I yeah, we I have think one here in Los Angeles. Is a tile? Oh, it's yes. like an aged, mirrored, yes. antiqued glass like tile. Yes. And so, oh my god, just... live your Versailles fantasy. <laughs> it's kind of expensive, but in moderation, I don't think it would be too bad. And they're all made to order. I tried using it once, didn't fly, but it's. It's called the Archaeotonics Handmade Tile 3x6 Bronze Glossy. So you guys yeah, should so check it that out. It almost looks like a metallic tile. Well, it is metallic, but it's a glaze. It's a metallic glaze on it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So pretty. That's fantastic. But we, well, we will definitely right link that. Here's the question that's everyone has a hard time deciding. But if you could live in the set of any TV show or movie, what would it be? So call me basic Jane, but <laughs> did you guys watch? <laughs> did you guys watch All American? It's about. It's definitely like something that everyone watched in the middle of the pandemic. But it's just your classic California contemporary home. Like All American. Like, it's a movie or a show. It's a show, and you can binge watch it. I think it's on Netflix. But it's literally like white bungalow two-story home looks like it's probably in Santa Monica I think it's actually in Beverly Hills but now I know why I haven't watched it it says it's a sports drama (laughs) but it's so good it's so good it is so good the drama is is, it's good is it a movie show no it's like this kid he you know He finds out like his dad actually is a coach. He's really good at football, but he doesn't go to a a zone. Like he's in Crenshaw, I think it is. He finds out that his real dad is a coach for a Beverly Hills high school. This sounds like the cheesiest thing, but (laughs) my attention span is like this big now. So if it grabbed me, it's, it's grabbable. (laughs) I'm looking, it has Tay Diggs. So I'm here for that. You drive to Beverly Hills and like those houses. Mm-hmm. that's where I would yeah. want to live like I just like a clean palette I want it to feel like kids can do their homework here I don't have kids but that's like my aesthetic it looks like clean yeah. contemporary but it's got some relaxed energy to it so okay I might I mean you might get me to watch one or two episodes just for the <laughs> sets but I don't know that you sports ball is not my thing so if that's a major plot point 
it's gonna lose. But there's like quick. sabotage involved and romance and ooh, yeah, the betrayal. Like, like Friday Night Lights was amazing, and I didn't, and I could care less about football. So if it's like a <laughs> sub story, then I think it's okay. Okay, it's Rebecca. I mean, different strokes for different folks. Um, Thanks for being open-minded. I, <laughs> I need a new show. I'll try it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Last burning question. What's one non-living object that you would save from your home in a fire? Yes, Rebecca, I know you'll appreciate this answer. I got this lamp. It's lilac from the thrift store. It was only $5 and it brings me such joy. It's sitting on my desk. I think I I'm this lamp. It's so pretty and feminine and dainty and $5. And the shade has like matching lilac tape around the top and the bottom. Cute. And it's like has those pleated. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca nice. loves a good lamp collection. Can you, Anea, can you share with our listeners how they will find you? Yes. You can track me down on Instagram at Enea White Interiors. <laughs> My full name, E-N-E-I-A, white like the color interiors and you can check my, out my website eneawhite.com well you're one of my favorite people to follow on instagram i love your gratitude cards and you do it really well without like it seems like a easy lift like you're not it's genuine it's not cheesy yeah. like, thank like you and good thank you so so much for all the time that you put in today we really appreciated having you on the show i love both of you guys you come up to the top of my algorithm so i am very happy about that and thank you for having me all right guys i'll see you on the gram Bye. bye until next time stay hot designers thanks for joining this meeting of the hot young designers club podcast if you liked what you heard please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram. So don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. I you didn't wake up with like a dead body next to you in a hotel room, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried watching that. I made it like two episodes and I was like, eh. But it it's, is, it, it is, it is, it was, like it was hard to watch. On. And I've Thank had you that everyone a few times, for joining right? our new ghost show. <laughs> it's called the Seance Club. This the Hour of Manifesting. Hot, hot Young Psychics Club. I am into it. It'll be our spinoff show. Um, (laughs) Spinoff, Hot Young Psychics.